Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome back, and today we have Sarah Robichaud of Dancing with Partners Canada, and she's an author, she's a dancer, she does television, she's a choreographer, she's an author, she's an actress, and in between all of that, she's a mother. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Gosh, I'm kind of exhausted just by hearing you say the things that I do. Well, you, you do a lot. And the <sighs> why you're uh, uh, being interviewed today is because you are a social innovator. And you are running a social enterprise. And that's what makes things really interesting. So for those that don't know Sarah... Yes. She's been around the world, <laughs> to put it mildly. And uh, so let's start with your academic uh, experiences. So I'm, I am going to out myself right now, Peter, to your listeners. I, um, when I was 16 years old, I was in a high school um that uh, was full of actors and dancers and, uh, you know, young athletes. And we went to school about half a day and then we would go off and either dance or act or, you know, do, um, do our, uh, our, our, our work on our, our talents. And um, so when I was 16, I was invited to audition for the Bolshoi Ballet School in Moscow. And so I went when I was 16, I went for a year and I studied at the Bolshoi Ballet School. And at that time, I was also finishing high school by correspondence. And I have to be honest with you, Peter, I never finished high school. <laughs> <I'm> still, <laughs> once I um, finished my, my classical training uh, in Moscow, I had two credits left of high school. And I said to myself, if I ever need to get those credits to go to university or do something else, that's what I will do. But right now, I uh, have spent a very intense, incredible year working with the best dance trainers in the, in the world. And I'm going to completely use it while I have it, you know? And so I started my professional dance career at 17. And Peter, I've never looked back from, from then. I, I never did any other sort of formal post-secondary education in a very traditional sense. But as you've mentioned, um, I think I've probably learned through experience and passion and I've followed my passions and I've, um, I think I've gotten sort of uh, on the boots training and education in many areas. But the difference is, Sarah, you are street smart. And that's right. that in right. many cases is as good as my MBA. 
<laughs> well, maybe not. I kind of wish, you know, it's it's sort of interesting. I mean, I certainly never expected that I would be running a, a, a charitable organization and one that has grown so much. Um, you know, there there are times, Peter, when I say, gosh, I wish I would have taken a business course. So I wouldn't have sort of made all the mistakes, you know, that I've made along the way or maybe the choices. But at the same time, it's been such an incredible learning experience. Um, it, in many ways, you know, I run every aspect of, of a business and I never went to business school. So I've had to learn to do sort of every part, which is really kind of cool, you know, because I, I now know how it works and, and I've learned things I never would have had to learn before, but I could have used a few other skills. Let me tell you, like grade 12 typing would have come in handy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I agree with the typing. Absolutely. Yes. So let's talk about your work experiences. Sure. Um, well, I will say once, um, once I got back from Russia, I ended up dancing in Europe um, with an opera company and a ballet company in England. And then I went on to choreography working with um, the Mervish company and um, also was an assistant choreographer um, in Stratford. I did a lot of choreography for sort of film and TV and um, was dancing in musical theater um, in Toronto. And um, around the time I was 25, I also took up personal training because I got pregnant with my first son. And I thought, it's going to be harder for me to spend 12 hours a day, you know, in a studio choreographing or, you know, jetting off to here and there um, to be part of a show. So I needed something that was uh, still physical that I could sort of make my own hour. So I began personal training and then really sort of finding my niche in that personal training world. And for me, that was getting fit in the places where you actually spend your time instead of having to go to a gym. And that prompted me to write a couple of fitness books. One was about sitting on a stability ball, using it as an office chair and exercises you could do throughout the day to stay fit. And then another book was about, um, you know, 99 ways to stay fit without ever going to the gym, um, which led to, uh, um, those books led to TV appearances on a number of different shows, one in New York City and, and one here um, in Toronto where I live. And, and that's sort of, I thought, Peter, where I was going to end up, to be honest, like just really continuing to sort of help people to reach their sort of fitness goals and feel good. Um, by never having to go to the gym if they don't want to, right? Making it easy and accessible for people to feel better about themselves and their physical, um, emotional self. And um, then I ended up just being a personal trainer to a man named Andy Berry. And um, he had been diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Um, he was a, a, a radio host on CBC Metro Morning. And uh I learned while I was working with him and researching ways to help him more with his sort of physical management of Parkinson's, that dance could potentially be a really um, great addition to his routine. So we started dancing, he and I. 
And it was magical because he actually hated working out with me. <laughs> but he really enjoyed the dancing. And um, he also wanted to learn how to jitterbug for his daughter's wedding. And she wasn't even engaged at the time. She, she now is married. <laughs> so... Um, I went to study with a, a company in New York City called uh, Dance for PD, and they had started dance for Parkinson's classes. I trained with them, and uh, honestly, the rest is history. It literally filled my heart with such passion and joy to experience um, what it felt like to be in a studio with people with Parkinson's who came in with wheelchairs and walkers and, um, you know, low energy and um, non-expressive to see the music start and their bodies lift, their eyes light up, smiles happening, expression happening, artistry happening, and I was sold. So I started offering in 2008 um, one free class a week to people living with Parkinson's disease, uh, one free dance class a week. And from there, it grew and grew and grew. And um, up until March 2020, when we, uh, you know, had to close our doors to keep every, everybody safe and follow um, restrictions and, and government recommendations, we had 15 locations running throughout the GTA. Uh, for people with Parkinson's every week. And so sort of spanning the entire um, GTA. And our mission has always been to keep people with Parkinson's disease out of isolation and bringing them into an artistic community where they can celebrate their movement. And so that's that's where my, my time goes every day is moving the organization um, forward as much as possible, continuing to fundraise um, and to get support so that everybody can take these classes, everybody who needs to and wants to has access to them to make sure, you know, when we were in person um, to expand far and wide, right? So that anybody who ever wanted to take this class could. Now that we're not in person, we're on Zoom. It is so, <laughs> such a silver lining, but we're able to um, come together with so many more than before. This morning on our Zoom class, we had 150 people, wow. um, which is kind of amazing. Um, so what happened when we closed our doors to our in-person classes, we started doing Zoom classes in just 20 minutes a day with a bit of chit-chat at the beginning and end. And, and um, now all seniors are invited to attend these classes, and they're free. And they happen every single day of the week. We never take a day off. Um, we're always there. Seven, seven days a week, 11 a.m., there is a teacher waiting to dance with seniors in Canada and have a great time, have a little dance party and a little chat. And it's a, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. So it's really sort of changed um, uh, a, a little bit of our, our, our vision and direction, inclusivity at Dancing with Parkinson's, and we're really excited about the future of, of increasing the accessibility for so many more than before. Do you have any teachers who are African-American or indigenous? Uh, we don't have any teachers who are indigenous. We do have Afri African-American teachers. We have Spanish, uh, we have a Spanish instructor. Um, we definitely, one of the, the topics that the board and I are discussing and raising, you know, trying to raise funds for, and, you know, we apply to grants is to 100% um, 
meet the needs of more marginalized communities, more ethnic communities. Uh, one size does not fit all. Um, there, there is something very universal about dance that can bring, you know, it can break down the barriers, uh, barriers of age, race, religion, all of those things. But, you know, we can, you get into some tricky areas with language, you know, for one, um, you know, uh, uh, customs, traditions, all of those things, um, cultural perceptions. So we, um, we really do our best to make our classes. They're, they're quite general, I would say at the moment, but we are looking to, uh, it sounds weird to increase our inclusivity by giving some, some, some exclusive offerings at the same that are open to all. Um, so, uh, you know, we want to offer classes in different languages. I, um, have a, a, a history with working with indigenous youth and indigenous communities. And that's something that I would, um, really, really like to continue doing. That is again, a deep passion of mine. And, um, so yeah, all of these things are, are on the table and on the horizon. And to be honest, Peter, it's really, it's really just a matter of, of having the, the funding, right. To be able to sort of increase the manpower, uh, in the machine to make these things happen. You know, we have, we have the content, we have the heart, we have the expertise, we have the want and we have the passion and all of those things. But we, we actually, we just, we need to, to, to keep sourcing out the resources to help us do what we want to do. So you don't charge for this. So where do you get your funds from? So, um, uh, so when dancing with Parkinson's was in person, we did eventually have to start charging the first year. Everything was free. Cause that's what I wanted to do. It was just to give back to the community. And I never intended for this to become my, my life's work. <laughs> um, so then we ended up charging as we are not for profit, we would charge just enough to cover the cost of the classes. Um, but then we always would say with a caveat, if you can't pay, don't want to pay, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't matter. Just come anyway. Right. So we've, we've always ended up subsidizing about one third of our participants. Um, we charge as little as we possibly can to run the classes and we hold an annual fundraiser called the jitterbug social, which is a dance party, um, where we do our best to, to raise funds, to be able to keep subsidizing people. The classes that are free right now are the online Zoom classes that happen seven days a week. Um, but as we add um, extra offerings, we probably, you know, we will have to try some. For example, I, I would like to start implementing a standing class. Because right now our classes are seated. So I would like for those who are able, um, and, it, you know, it's safe to do so for them, I would like to, to offer them a standing class. So we, we would then charge to cover the cost of, of that class. We've been able to offer these free classes through um, the United Way has helped us fund this. The uh, Rotary Club of Toronto has helped us fund this. The New Horizons for Seniors program has helped us fund this. So we've, you know, we've 
been really lucky that these agencies and foundations have been so invested at supporting isolated seniors. Um, and we've been able to, to um, you know, help a lot of people who are isolated, who need to stay active, who need to stay connected. Um, but that's, you know, that's one of the main things we do is we're constantly writing grants and looking for sponsorships and corporate donations because we want to help people. You know, we want, we want to give, we want to offer as many classes as possible so that classes are interesting and enjoyable and effective and beneficial, you know, for, for anyone who wants to come. And we're also working on a lot of recorded content um, so that we can have things available on demand. Right. So if you have a doctor's appointment or you're not feeling up to the 11 o'clock class or the one o'clock class, you can there's always a place for you to go and connect and move and dance with us. Well, that, that's important because, you know, sometimes like my wife has Parkinson's mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes, you know, we've got to go and get groceries or something mm -hmm. like that and we can't yeah. make it. Exactly. So exactly. we're. Can she access that now, or is that in the near future? Yeah, so if she writes me an email, there's a few things for her to access right now, but this big plan that I'm talking to you about is in the works. We're actually creating, like, a new web platform where this is all going to live. Um, but right now, um, yeah, if you sent me an email, I could direct her. There's a few things on YouTube right now, but uh, we're going to make things bigger and better and more fabulous. <laughs> Well, it's been a couple times where she uh, wasn't able to participate, and I did. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, what and I was tired after yeah, your, right? your exercise. I know it's amazing what you can get done in a chair, isn't it? Yes. So <laughs> now we get into a couple more interesting questions. Okay. Three years from now. Yes. What are you going to be doing? So it's really exciting. <laughs> so three years from now, I, I would love to figure out a way, and this is a conversation with, with my board um, that we're sort of working on. I, I, I want to figure out um, how we stay true to dancing with Parkinson's, right? This, everything that has happened is based on um, honoring that we want to help people with Parkinson's and their families and their caregivers. But taking what we learn from that and, and the method that has been developed and that is, you know, been evaluated and has shown that is completely transferable and beneficial for all seniors. What I would love to see and what we are working towards is to honestly be the sort of global hub for seniors and dance. And I think that's completely doable. Um, I think the time is absolutely right. I think that there wasn't a lot of sort of um, technology, arts-based resources available for seniors prior to this pandemic. Uh, and I've asked myself some questions like, why? And I think that simply people thought maybe seniors couldn't handle it. So it'd be a waste of time. I don't know. I don't know. But it's tricky. Technology is tricky. But out of bare necessity... Seniors have had to learn, family members have had to help them because otherwise there would be no connection to the outside world. And so that is the silver lining that is like, okay, this is doable. 
the dancers who come to our classes every day say they feel connected to community. They feel like they're seeing their friends. They, they feel like they're part of something. They feel like they belong. They feel like they're not, not isolated. They feel joyful and hopeful in the middle of a global pandemic where they're not seeing anyone in person. So I want to be able to create a platform where that happens every day for every senior in the world who wants that to happen and offer them a, a place to connect, offer them a place to dance and move, offer them a place to have the live interaction, but also recorded um, little bits here and there. Maybe it's a five-minute hand warm-up or a, a morning stretch or something like that. So many beautiful, easily accessible, user-friendly options for seniors to stay active, connected, and part of something really beautiful. Talk about the importance of partnership. Partnership, um, like corporate partnership, for example? Any, any kind of partnership. Oh, gosh. So, wow. for, for example, uh, Ellen's also connected to the World Parkinson Program. And right. uh, she does the exercise, but they just have them on Saturday. Right. So are there Part other organizations that you yeah. partner with? Yes, yes. Help? I'm part of a network. I'm a founding member of a network called the Dance for Parkinson's Network Canada. And that network involves Parkinson Canada, which is our, our national sort of governing foundation, and um, Dance for PD in New York, which is the mothership of what we're all doing here, um, the National Ballet School, and, and our, myself, with my organization, Dancing with Parkinson's. And what we do, we do a number of things together, but we all have the same mission, which is like getting people with Parkinson's, you know, active, engaged, out of isolation and dancing and having an artistic experience and making it accessible as possible. So, you know, partnerships with this group is invaluable in terms of, you know, learning what everybody's doing as part of their best practices, what's becoming evidence-based for them, um, how do they connect to their communities? How do they connect to their marginalized communities? Um, all of those kinds of things. Um, you know, increasing uh, awareness through partner events is huge. Like, for example, I'll just give you a couple of examples. Like, uh, next month, I'll be co-teaching a training program for probably about 50 new uh, prospective Dancing with Parkinson's teachers to teach them how to be instructors. So David Leventhal from New York, the mothership, Dance for PD, and I will be leading this at the National Ballet School. It's hosted by the National Ballet School. And Parkinson Canada helped us promote the whole thing. So everybody sort of does their part and brings to the table what they can, but we're all sort of have, you know, the the same sort of goal is get as many people as Parkinson's moving and, and dancing. Then of course we all do our own separate fundraising and, and whatnot, but partner events are, are really important. Um, what, what about conference or convention? Yeah. conference. We, we, we've had, uh, I've been involved in a couple of those one out of London, England, where we used hop in as a technology. And tell I'm me not, about Another tool that we also are using for our own little conference in March is WOVA. So <clears throat> these are two interesting tools 
that allow you to have several meetings going on at the same time. Wow. Also to have a, uh, a trade show with booths set <laughs> up and uh, to have a, a place where you can network, where you can set up that, meeting with other people. That's, that's really incredible. I'm going to ask you a big favor when we're done speaking yes. today. If you can email me those yes, names, I will. Because I definitely want to explore that and bring that to the network. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's. I mean the technology has just grown so fast, and it's, it's, uh, the ability to connect. So I do a rotary thing every Wednesday out of London, England. Oh wow! And it's it's an e club. Okay. And Rotary has 350 e-clubs. Oh. And this one is international, Spain, Malta, Africa, oh, wow. all over the place. And they have a guest speaker each time. And, and wow. Discussion. Wow. So, so I mean, uh, the world has got smaller because of technology. It, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's just... it. Honestly, I was afraid of technology before before all this. And I often say it's, you know, technology is not my friend. Like <laughs> but it's become my best friend. You yes. know, it's 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 brought together a, a community I could have never done in person. Like it's just yeah, it's just incredible. So Sarah, how do yeah. people reach you? What's the so, best, best way? Yeah, the best way is to go on our website. It's dancingwithparkinsons.com. And on our website, it's sort of very clear. There's a pop-up that comes right away. If they want to take the class, they just register. As I said, it's completely free. Or they can um, go to the contact page, and we will get your emails directly from there, and they're checked every single day. That's the best way to reach us, for sure. Yep. Perfect. Well, you're definitely a social innovator. You are running a social enterprise. You're an author, you're a choreographer, you're a dancer. And most important, you're passionate about what you're doing. And you are making a difference. Thank you, Peter. I love, 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 love what I do. And I don't know about all the sort of labels of social innovator or any of those things. All I know is that I love what I do and that's what drives me. So it's led me, it's led me to here and it will keep me going. Terrific. Well, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night.